0: Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess will be back tomorrow. My special guest is Father Frank Pavone. After the first segment, we're going to be updating everything on the Roe versus Wade information, and you won't want to miss that. It's fantastic. Also, um, we're going to get some uh, soul food. We got a great uh, comment by Bishop Sheen about the power of prayer. So let's go ahead and uh, get some soul food right away with John chapter 10, verse 22 to 30 and the readings from the Gospel of John. The Feast of the Dedication was taking place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus walked about the temple area in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe, because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. When they were asking Jesus, Are you tell us who you are? They weren't interested in hearing who he is. They were trying to trap him. You know, that's that's what that's all about. And there's one more insight that Saint Thomas Aquinas has on that scripture version. It's taken from the Navarre Bible Commentary, I always refer to that, it says, Certainly faith in eternal life cannot be merited by man's own efforts. They are a gift of God. <clears throat> but the Lord does not deny anyone grace to believe and to be saved, because he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. 1 Timothy two, four. If someone tries to avoid receiving the gift of faith, his unbelief is blameworthy. On this point, St. Thomas Aquinas teaches, I can see thanks to the light of the sun, right? But But if I close my eyes, I cannot see. This is no fault of the sun. What a great analogy. It's my own fault because by closing my eyes, I prevent sunlight from reaching me. And let's be honest, in the world we live today, people can close their eyes to God. Say, I, you know, I know about the gospel, but, you know, I reject it. I don't want to change my life. I want to, you know, keep my eyes closed to the gospel. And what does is, St. What is, uh, Thomas Aquinas say? You know, you have free will to do that, and you choose it. It'll be to your own condemnation. That's the biblical view on that. Now, I want to also bring up the saint of the day. What a great saint, St. Damien of Malachi over in Hawaii. We all remember watching some of the shows, movies on his life, and how he gave his life up as the good shepherd. We've been reading from John about the good shepherd. Well, that's what the priest is called to do. He went there knowing most likely he would die of leprosy. To help the lepers. To give them the gospel. Now, I know that's only, what, it was. he died in 1889, so just 130 years ago. It was not that long ago. But where's the zeal now for our shepherds? And I say we need to be praying for our shepherds more from the Pope down to get the apostolic zeal of the first Christians like Father Damien did. Because... He didn't run when there was a disease. He didn't close the churches. He kept them open to serve the people. So that would be my take on that. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Oh Sheen ahead. And this is going to tie into a story I'm going to hopefully have enough time to tell. Bishop Sheen said, The cloistered men and women are doing more for our country than all of its politicians. It's labor leaders, it's army, it's navy put together. They are atoning for the sin of us all. They are averting the just wrath of God, repairing the broken fences of those who sin and pray not, rebel and atone not. As ten just men would have saved Sodom and Gomorrah, so ten just saints can save a nation. Now, why do I say I brought that up is because It's so interesting that I read a story that I'm going to give to 20,000 people up in in Sacramento on May 28th with Father Don Calloway. We're going to be up there at Hughes Stadium in Sacramento where thousands of Catholics are going to gather to pray for the renewal and restoration of the purification of the priesthood. So what did Virgin Most Powerful Radio, what are we doing? We're offering to all the clergy— And through the people that are there, a free digital retreat by America's greatest spiritual retreat master, Archbishop Sheen. So that's what we're doing. So anybody can download it. We're going to have it on our website. It's eight talks that he gave for a whole weekend. And um, this is going to help our priests be more in love with Jesus Christ in the Eucharist with Our Lady. And I encourage all Catholics to have access to share this amazing series with all bishops and priests, deacons in their lives. To access all eight called and chosen conferences, go to VMPR on your smartphone app, click it. And uh, this is our gift to the church because we want to see Holy Mother the Church grow. And there's a saying, holy priests, holy people. All right, here's the story I'm going to tell real quick. 1869, I'm going to give this story to the 20,000 people I'll be speaking to. And I want you to hear it. A priest who was now a bishop in 1869 was talking with another priest. The priest was saying, Bishop, you're so successful in your ministry. What do you attribute it all to? He said, Well, when I was 30 years old, I was planning to become an attorney. And at that time, I, had a re- I went on retreat and I had a mystical experience that God was calling me to become a priest. I saw a cloistered nun praying in a convent. I saw her face, her hands. The, 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 the um, I saw the habit she was wearing, and she was offering all of her prayers for me to, you know, be a successful priest and proclaiming the gospel. And so years later, I was at a convent and I just happened to be there. I'm giving you the short version, and uh, praying, saying mass, and I absolutely saw this nun, one out of the twenty five sisters. That looked exactly like the image of that nun years ago when I was, uh, you know, on retreat. So I, after Mass, I said to the Mother Superior, "I want to see all the sisters in here for a moment," and he wanted to look her over and make sure this is exactly the girl. Well, when all of them came back, they they missed one. The one that was missing was at the bathroom cleaning the toilets, and she got carried away. She didn't realize she was calling be called back. So she she got there too. Uh, see the bishop and all 25 nuns were there and he sent 24 of them away he wanted to talk to her and interrogate her said uh, first of all sister do you have a devotion to the sacred heart of jesus yep sister are you praying for a priest are you offering all your suffering for a priest is that something you have been taught to do oh yes your eminence i did that since i was a child uh when were you born she gave the date the very date that he was on retreat Wow, thirty years later, so he's just blown away by it. He realizes this is the nun who's been praying for thirty years for his vocation. So he gave her a nice blessing and told her, as a successor for the apostle, I give you an apostolic blessing to continue to do your ministry and praying for your priests, and uh, may God bless you. So that story tells me again what Bishop Sheen just said, and that was the cloisters. And remember what I said in every end of every show. Our Lady of Fatima, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. We need to be praying. It's easy to complain. Trust me. I see a lot of things to complain about in the church, but more things to pray for. And that's what we need to do. When we come back, Father Frank Pavone's going to be with us. We've got so much to get updates on the Roe versus Wade situation, what's going on in the country, and how this is our Catholic moment. Really, really is our Catholic moment to stand up for life. I couldn't think of anybody better than Father Frank Provone from Priest for Life to join me. Also don't forget June eighteenth, the men's conference here at the Sacred Heart Chapel with Jesse Romero, Ruben Nava, and myself. You can register by going to VMPR.org. And also last week's conference on marriage. If you want to get a listen to it, you can go to VMPR.org and it's on available for streaming. And um, I would encourage you to do that, especially if you know someone who's thinking about getting married, or people who have had challenges in their marriage. So when we come back, we're going to talk. I mean, I love about this uh, the pro-life law firm, one of my favorite law firms. They uh, they said we're going to uh, defend any pretty uh, who defend who's def- uh, that, that goes against uh, the church teachings on. Abortion, that uh, this law firm warns abortion activists, we will defend any church against your heinous threats. What are those threats? That's what we're going to talk about. And we're going to talk about disinformation about abortion, how so so many people are giving out bad information to try and scare people regarding Roe versus Wade, and much, much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I also want to encourage you to check out uh, Tucker Carlson. Uh, he said that pro-abortion violence is motivated by displacing God and undermining Christianity. I think he's spot on there. We're going to talk much more about some of the violence that took place from the pro-abortion side regarding Catholic churches and also to pray for these people, for their conversion, because they have souls, and we want them to get to heaven. I want to introduce them to the person of Christ. Stay with us. Father Frank Pavone from Priest for Life will join us when we come back.
1: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show to join the conversation call 888-526-2151. Now here's Terry and Jesse.
0: Thank you very much. Father Frank Pavone's joining us from priests for life. Father, God love you. And thank you Jesus for today. And I mean this father Frank, we have been waiting for a long time for Roe versus Wade to be turned over. And um, I know I was started um, praying the rosary in abortion clinics in 1977. So, what was that, 45 years ago as a teenager? And it, I thought about, wow, we're in a situation now where it could be turned back. Uh, I just want to thank everyone, Father Frank, who's at Priest for Life and all the pro life people who are really standing strong in defending life. And, Father, um, I, I just take this opportunity because I wanted you to come on. And talk about the issues and what we're up against regarding Roe versus Wade. And Father, I gotta say this: we've got NBC reporters saying that women won't be able to end their pregnancy if this turns, if Roe versus Wade turns over. We got the NPR publishing misleading facts, checks about abortion claims, a lot of disinformation. Um, What what do you make about this, Father? And welcome again. Well,
2: first of all, it is a momentous uh, time right now. I mean, this is this is something that we've been working, (laughs) praying, sacrificing for this for 50 years. I got involved right around the same time that you just referred to, 1976. I joined the pro-life effort, and (laughs) it's like now, oh my goodness! I mean, we're about to see the court reverse Roe v. Wade. It seems Amen. like uh, this is exactly what's going to happen. So, um, so, so so, first of all, I mean, and it is a moment that all of us in the pro-life movement should celebrate. I mean, yeah. we know there's more work to be done. We know, as we're going to explain here more, that mm-hmm. this simply gives us a, a, the next phase of our work to protect the unborn. But that doesn't mean that 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 we we shouldn't uh, really really celebrate and give thanks for this tremendous victory once it becomes official, uh, as it looks like it's going to. Uh, I mean, this is it's unbelievable. I mean, it's really incredible. So uh, thanks be to God. Um, you think of people too, you know, that we've known over the years that have that have, that have passed on. People oh, like Father yeah. Father
0: Paul Marks, uh, huh?
2: Father, Father Marks, uh, Joe Scheidler. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of great. Pro-life heroes and heroines oh, that have yeah. paved the way for this to happen. Yes. Not to mention, you know, St. John Paul II and yeah. and others. Uh, but we are we we are are going to now get to live through those days that they looked so forward to and prayed for. Uh, it's a beautiful moment. So now, as you say, yes. I mean, there's a lot of misinformation. Why? Right. Because. You know, Jesus said in, in John chapter 8, the devil is a liar and a murderer. Lies and murder always go together. Yep. Uh, b- b- the abortion industry continues and has gotten uh, this far only because it's cloaked in deception. Yeah. And uh, so it's no surprise that at a moment when We are so close now to a big, big victory that deception is going to get louder and louder. One of the things that they will try to say is, oh, you know, the court is taking away a woman's right to choose a woman's right right to abortion. Actually, it's not doing that. Uh, What the court did in 1973 in Roe v. Wade is it took away from the people the ability to protect the unborn children through the law. Mm -hmm. And now the court is giving that ability back to the people through their elected lawmakers. So I say to the people on the other side who are yelling and screaming, oh, they're taking our rights away. I say to them, look, if you think it's a good idea uh, to dismember a baby, make your case. Make your case to the public, make your case to the voters, make your case to the legislators, and they can still pass laws that allow that, as various states have done. So why are you screaming and yelling and complaining? Do the work that our founders uh, gave us the tools to, to do. Make the laws. But you see, Terry, the other side has been spoiled. And the reason they're acting like spoiled, angry little children right now is precisely because that's the way Roe v Wade treated them. Yeah. It handed them abortion on demand on a silver platter yeah. without them having to do the hard work of engaging the legislative process of debate and persuasion and 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 hearings and amendments and and back and forth and elections and it's like they just sat back and they saw this constitutional right fall out of the sky mm-hmm. And then all that's all they ever said and the only argument they've ever had is oh but it's a constitutional right. Yeah, like where is that from? And that's what <laughs> Justice Alito said in this draft opinion. He said it's out of nowhere. It's yeah. nowhere in the constitution, its text, its structure or its history. And so now they're behaving like spoiled children because now they're beginning to realize oh we, if there's a right to abortion, oh, we've got to work for it. Maybe we've got to persuade people that abortion's a good idea instead of just invoking this fake dogma, oh, it's a constitutional right.
0: Father, what blows me away about this whole issue is you've got people who are African-American and they're for killing unborn babies. And I think about this when... of all U.S. abortions, just as back in 2019, were performed on black babies, although African Americans make up only about 14% of the population. These are the people who are promoting Planned Parenthood. And again, Planned Parenthood, their main abortion provider in the United States, places 86% of its clinics in minority neighborhoods. And the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, has openly admitted that her aim was to exterminate the Negro population. I don't understand something, Father. That is, it's so obvious to me that the whole abortion movement, from all the way from Margaret Sanger, is really a dastardly evil uh, thing. They're killing not just black babies, but all babies. But it seems to me, Father, that the facts don't really seem to matter to that side.
2: No, they don't. They exploit people. Abortion uh, disproportionately harms yeah. uh, the black community, the yes. Hispanic community. Sure. And the abortion industry doesn't care. They do not care. And and it's time for people to take notice of that, especially in an age where racism has become uh, a theme that actually it's been, it's been, uh, uh, it's been exploited too in and of itself and distorted. And, you know, if you, if you misapply a valid concept, uh, you begin to, 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 to make it, you begin to trivialize it. Uh, and so people who disagree, uh, calling everything and everyone racist, well, you know, then it makes it hard to, to identify and root out real racism where it exists. But, the, but the, like you said, the other side doesn't care. Uh, the abortion industry does not care about this. They never have. And they're targeting uh, minority communities in a, in a very verifiable way. And studies have been done by our friends over at um, Life Dynamics and yeah. Life Issues Institute and a number of other organizations have put together these uh, statistics and these, and these studies. But little by little, people are waking up. You know the documentary Maafa Twenty One. Yes. and our friend Alvita King has uh, uh, made that very well known, and it, it documents it beyond uh, oh, yeah. beyond dispute. Uh, and especially at a time when, uh, well, we've even seen uh, uh, in 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 these recent uh, in these recent years. Um, uh, the some of the Planned Parenthood affiliates uh, admitting, you know, they start beating their breasts, you know, oh, uh, 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 we are racist and are, are we have to distance ourselves from Margaret Sanger. Uh, so it's in in little pockets here and there, there's a little bit of awakening going on.
0: I want to also ask you on the on the side of politics, Chuck Schumer, the majority leader of Democrats, he said they're ready to vote to protect abortion after McConnell said on the on the Republican side that the national ban is possible. So what Mitch McConnell said to USA in an interview published on Saturday that if Republicans take control of Congress, they could pursue a national ban on abortion with activists on both sides with their rallying cry for the midterm elections. It seems that, Father, that the abortion issue uh, that, you know, That this is the issue that should separate us from the two parties because it's very clear when you look at the party's platform, whether it's the Republican platform or the Democrat platform, that the Republicans are for defending life and the Democrats are for killing unborn babies. It's that simple. Am I oversimplifying it, Father?
2: No, no, it has become more simple, as actually, as time has mm-hmm. gone on, mm-hmm. because the Democrats have gotten more extreme on abortion. The Republican platform is so pro-life yep. uh, uh, on this topic that it calls even for a constitutional amendment to protect the rights of the child. So the two positions could not be farther apart or more stark and supported by the actions of these respective parties. Right now, as you say, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a vote going on in the Senate, Mm -hmm. uh, and what they're trying to do, although they do not have enough votes for this, they're trying to to pass the same bill that the House passed some months ago, which is the most extreme abortion bill that has ever been introduced in Congress. It's been introduced actually Over the decades, I mean, I remember this uh, particular form of this bill was called the Freedom of Choice Act Mm -hmm. being introduced under President Bill Clinton. And basically what these these bills are trying to do is to say in the law that abortion is a fundamental right. Now, the, the courts said that back at the time of Roe, although they have backed away from calling it a fundamental right and have sort of brought it down a few notches, and now this Dobbs case is gonna bring it down even more, uh, but but they, the idea that it's a fundamental right has never been uh, codified in the law. So this is what the Democrats are trying to do now. And this was, like I say, introduced over the decades a number of times. But a few months ago was the first time it actually passed one of the houses of Congress. So the House passed it. Now, remember, this would go against even the most widely supported common sense restrictions on abortion, such as, for example, if a minor goes to get an abortion that her parents should know about it. Uh, 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 a bill like this would say, ah, we can't have those kind of laws on the books, get them away. They want no restrictions whatsoever, no limitations uh, on abortion, even right up until the day of birth, healthy baby, healthy mother. The American people have never gone along with this, but the Democrat party does. And this is what they're trying
1: to push.
0: Well, Sid, when we come back from the break, I want to get your feedback on Something I saw on Fox News, Tucker Carlson saying pro-abortion violence is motivated by displacing God and undermining Christianity, and I wanted to get your take on that. Folks, I just want to remind you we have the men's conference coming up June 18th with Jesse Romero, Ruben and myself here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. Mom, sign your husband up for Father's Day. This is a great Father's Day gift because he's going to get some good material on being a, a good dad and a um, on-fire Catholic. So go to vmpr.org to register for the men's conference. And also don't forget, we're going to be with 20,000 people the 28th of May with Father Don Calloway, priest Rosary for Priests. We're giving away Archbishop Sheen's called and chosen priesthood. Please download it. Give it to your parish priest as a way of affirming him in his priesthood. We'll be back with more with Father Frank Pavone defending life in season and out here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family.
1: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 526 2151. Now, Here's Terry and
0: Jesse. Welcome back. Jesse will be back tomorrow. I love to say I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, I'd be a billionaire. We are so close to having a uh, a decision made on Roe versus Wade. I assume, Father, it'll be sometime in June when it actually officially comes out. But I just want to get your take. Tucker Carlson believes that the recent spat of violence against pro-lifers is ultimately about displacing God and attacking Christianity. Now, Carlson is not a Catholic, but he um, he was referencing a tweet by a radical pro-abortion group called Ruth Sent Us, in which they announced a plan to be burning the Holy Eucharist to show our disgust for the abuse Catholic churches have condoned for centuries. And I just make this point, um, Father uh, Father Frank, is that Uh, He's pointing out all the violence that went on in different parts of the country uh, with the pro-abortion people who want to kill unborn babies, and they're upset with the Catholic Church's position. And um, here is a non-Catholic saying this is uh, undermining Christianity as a central project of the left because it stands in the way. I happen to believe that he's absolutely right. Your take on this?
2: Yes, you know, when well, you look at the history of the abortion industry yeah. in America, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, our friend, uh, wh- wh- whom I was privileged to know yeah. uh, as he made his way into the pro-life movement and into the Catholic Church, and he converted. But when he was, 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 was working as, as an architect of the abortion industry, yes. he knew that the church, this Catholic church was the biggest roadblock in the way of what he and his friends were trying to do. And the clergy in particular, because they were trying to paint the church as the bad guy. They were trying to say, and they fed these stories to the media. Oh, most Catholics agree with us on abortion. It should be allowed, but the hierarchy are getting in the way. And we've got to abandon these, these old, you know, Catholic Mm -hmm. ideas. So it was the Catholic strategy that he that he uh, 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 pursued. And he said this is one of the reasons why he liked our ministry so much of Priests for Life. He said, hey, if the clergy had stepped up to the plate and been united, purposeful and strong, we would have never gotten away with launching the abortion industry. He said that, of course, once he became pro-life. So now we've always seen, therefore, in the pro-abortion movement, a hatred for the church for 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 God for Christ it's the hatred of life itself this is a big spiritual battle you've heard me speak I've spoken for decades about the the comparison of this is my body right? yes i love so, that yes so so the other side this is my body this is my body i can do what i want and what do we hear at every mass this is my body given up for you so these four little words can give death or give life and this is the spiritual battle that's going on. So that so now you have a situation where the court is about to reverse Roe v. Wade. And look at what these abortion people do. The court is going to put this back in the hands of the legislators. The court is not making abortion illegal. It's putting it back in the hands of the legislators. So you would think that those who want to keep it legal would go to the legislators. Right. No. They go to the churches. Yeah, isn't that Why? Because when we limit abortion, We are limiting their sacrament. When we close abortion clinics, we are closing their churches. When we speak up against abortion, we are denying their dogma. This is sacred for them. And that's why in their response, they come to the church to attack it.
0: Father, a big amen. You're spot on on that. Now, Father, for those who are listening and going, you know, I've been praying my rosaries. I've been making sacrifices for the, you know, the end of abortion. Uh, give us some resources on your website that could help us continue to put, I'm just going to be honest with you, put the pressure on to keep uh, the uh, pro-life message al- loud and clear to our folks.
2: You know, one of our websites, and we have many different domains, is 10stepstoendabortion.com. Steps and And there's where I've put the ten uh, well, some of the foundational activities you might say, mm-hmm. Uh ten steps to end abortion dot com. One of those things, of course, we have a lot of pro-life prayers uh, that people can can pray. and prolifeprayers.com is another one of our mm-hmm. websites. But you want to be praying very specifically, not just a general intention to end abortion, but very we teach people how to pray very, very specifically for all the things that need to happen to bring an end to abortion. Sharing the testimonies, as you know, the word of testimony, which is how the Christian faith gets passed on from age to age, is also in the pro-life arena in the Silent No More campaign, and those that are speaking about their experience of abortion, people will learn about the pain. They'll also learn about the hope and healing that follow abortion if we repent and turn to the Lord. Uh, Spread those testimonies, spread them. Uh, And then uh, we have all kinds of activities there about political. We're in the midterm elections now, and we've got to register voters and we've got to vote. We've got to educate the voters, uh, vote pro-life. Lots of political activity that can be done, and we show people how to do that, too. We have training seminars and all the rest like that.
0: Father, this is a political question, but it you just mentioned the midterms coming up. I have an article here that says Nancy Pelosi just went after Gavin Newsom. She probably shouldn't have done that. Now, here's what they're 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 upset about. Certain Democrats, they seem to think aren't speaking enough to defend the killing of innocent life. And that's the my governor because he, my governor unfortunately wants to have anybody in the world come in and we'll pay for an abortion, okay? So he's upset that Nancy Pelosi was on CBS Face the Nation on Sunday and um, said, Newsom said, Democrats have failed to target Republicans on the issue of abortion. It seems to me, I mean, I'm chuckling at that, that we've, we've always had it very clear. She Even Pelosi said that uh, the fact is, we've been fighting for a woman's right to choose. That's the way of are saying, killing a baby. Uh, for uh, we've been fighting the Republicans in Congress for for decades, and uh, I don't know why he's so upset at me because I we we are very consistent. We want to kill unborn babies. They don't say it that way, but it seems to me that uh, this could be a golden opportunity for our country to turn the tables because the Democrats seem to not have a unified uh, force regarding the abortion issue, and that it seems that. Uh, that we could take advantage of that. Uh, Am I on to something or is this just, uh, you know, two people having a difference of opinion of approach?
2: Well, pro-life is a winning issue politically. There is no question about that. It's a winning issue. Uh the weakness of the other side yes. on abortion the weakness of the democrats is their extremism. That's it. Because the american people do not buy into it. And mm-hmm. you know one of the things we ask well what can change a person's mind on abortion and we know uh you know seeing the baby changes their mind sure. seeing the uh, pictures of abortion changes oh, yeah. their minds the the arguments are persuasive but you know what one of the things is that often changes people's minds yeah. on abortion is realizing the extremism of the other side, that they want it, like we were saying before, with no limits. Yeah. And you take most people in America, and they're going to say, wait a minute, you got to be kidding. Of course, there have to be limits. People might say they're pro-choice, but they'll say, well, three months is enough time to choose. Well, we have abortion through nine months. That's right. And these Democrats are pushing this, the vote going on in the Senate right now. Let's put into the law that you could do it for nine months. It's like. Most of the states limit it earlier than that. But on the federal level, there's no limit. But in the states, there's limits. This bill wants it to even take those limits away. You expose the extremism of yes, this. Yes, that's it. And a lot of Americans will say, no, no, I, I'm turned off by that. You know, as a matter of fact, I think there's a lot of logic in the pro-life position. So bring it on. I mean, you want to target us on abortion politically? Be my guest because we're going to win that 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 political argument. But, but more people vote pro-life. For voters who care about the abortion issue, more vote pro-life than pro-abortion. That has been the case in election after election. And we're happy to have that debate.
0: Absolutely. And I my phone is going off the hook here with texts one after another saying, praise God. Uh, Father, I would say that you're absolutely right and I based that on uh, just several months ago in Virginia if you recall the, f- when, the when you attack the family mom and dad are going to say wait a minute wait a minute like for example they were promoting pornography in the schools and the t- and the moms and dads said no and one of the democratic um politicians decided to say yeah that's what we want to do and he lost the election and I that's would right. say that the same thing's going to happen But again, we have to continue, like, I'll just give you an example. The Thomas More Society, they're a great set of Catholic lawyers. They are also stepping up for the pro-life law firm, and they're warning all these abortion activists that we're going to defend any church against your threats. And you see, rather than sitting back and doing nothing, we're being proactive right now. We're saying, okay, let's talk about it. Let's, Let's go at it and and have ideas. And I think that for the majority of people who might not even be, you know, that concerned about the abortion issue, it's going to be abundantly clear. It's a black and white decision. It's a baby, and whether you want to vote to kill it. And some pro-abortion people say, yeah, that's right, it's a baby, and we want to kill it. Like our president said last week when he said it's just a question of when you want to kill the baby. They said terminate. But you see what I'm trying to say is I think once it gets that clear, I agree that the American families are going to say, no, not on my watch. That's my take.
2: No, that's right. And uh, we, we've we seen this debate unfold this way uh, throughout the decades. Uh, a, a lot of people have been short-circuited that's in right. their conversation on abortion. And by that, I mean, you know, somebody sits around the dinner table or in the workplace, they bring it up and they say, oh, but it's a constitutional right, as if that's supposed to end the discussion. And, and sometimes <laughs> it does end the discussion. But you see, this is where the change is about to happen. When the Supreme Court is, is, is ruling in this way, where they're going to reverse Roe v. Wade, what they're saying is you can't just assert it's a constitutional right. When, when you do that, it cuts off... A robust debate. This is what happened in the court with this Mississippi law. Mississippi passed this law to say we're going to protect babies starting at 15 weeks. Mm. The, the legislators, whom I know, they produced all kinds of evidence, scientific evidence, uh, other kinds of evidence as to why we should be protecting these babies. And the court, the district court, where it was first challenged, blocked the law because they said, We're not even going to listen to any of this evidence. This is too early in pregnancy to prohibit abortion. So therefore, case closed. Why? Because it's a constitutional right. But now, once they take that obstacle away and the court says, no, no, you can legislate, you can protect these babies, then you have to start looking at the evidence and having the the discussion.
0: More when we come back with Father Frank Pavone. Stay with us, family.
1: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show to join the conversation call 888-526-2151. Now here's Terry and Jesse.
0: Father Frank Pavone here with Terry Barber on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Father Frank, this goes so extreme. I live in a state of California that sometimes I, I scratch my head and I say, what am I doing here? But it's Sodom and Gomorrah. And we're fighting the good fight. And all of our listeners here, we're going to take it to the end. But California is even pushing a bill to allow post-birth failed abortion babies to be killed even after birth. That's extreme. You know, uh,
2: Terry, uh, you know, the, 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 the ethicist Peter Singer, you know, his ethics are not too ethical. Yeah. But, but he did say something years ago that is so true. Mm. He said, look, there's only two consistent positions. And I want people to think this through only two consistent positions, either oppose abortion yeah. or endorse infanticide. There you go. And, and And the logic of that is, how can birth be such a significant event as to change the moral personhood of that baby who really isn't all that different? one day before birth is one day after. It's obviously the same baby. So he said the reasons why people justify abortion, even at those late stages, can just as easily be used to justify infanticide. I'm too young to be a mother. I don't have the resources. I already have too many children. I just, don't, I just want to be free from this. Well, why can't you use those same arguments the day after the baby is born? And in fact, what we are seeing as what's developing in California and some other places. Mm-hmm. is exactly the unfolding of that logic that Peter Singer himself admitted.
0: Thank you for that answer. Father Frank, we have about eight, nine minutes left. I want to build people up right now regarding the pro-life you know, message that we have, that life is sacred at all stages. And I know your website, you've just mentioned earlier in the show, you have resources there for that. Yes. Um, what else can we do as a mom and dad, to help further the cause of life?
2: You know, praying together as a family uh, is, is helpful on every issue. Absolutely. Uh, this one included. Mention the little babies. Mention the mommies and the daddies. Afraid to be mommies and daddies, you know, let the children, I recently spoke at a, a Catholic school in Maryland. It was so beautiful. And they had me give two different talks, one to the older students, you know, where we, we talked explicitly about abortion, yeah. but to the very, very young ones, you know, I would say to them things like, uh, you know, boys and girls, you know, uh, 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 people are bigger than you and they're older than you and they're stronger than you, but are they more special than you? And they said, no, you know, they, they, they know it. They And I said, you know, the children always get it right. Sometimes we adults get it wrong. Value doesn't depend on size. Value doesn't depend on age. Uh, and, And when we give these key truths to our youngest children right from the start they're going to be inoculated later on against the lies of the abortion industry. Uh, ideas, too, like, you know, we're human and nobody can make us not human, and we're still human no matter how different we look from one another, or if somebody's sick, or if somebody can't walk. You know, and we're we're imbuing them with these, these pro-life principles. So doing that in the home, the home is the first school, it's the first church, it's the first government, uh, the family is the place for these things to be happening. Um, Furthermore, going out and praying at the abortion centers. uh, So, so important. And a lot of people are afraid. Oh, my goodness. You know, violence and ugliness. No, no, no. Get to know what the local groups are doing. And you'll see that these prayer vigils at the abortion facilities can be very Family friendly, very family friendly. Many, many young people go out there and pray, uh, and their parents teach them, "We're going to stand up for the little babies," and kids love that. Yeah. You know, I'm going to stand up for the little babies, and and you know, they don't understand all the intricacies about abortion, but. Then again, who really does? You know, we're, we're, we're fighting a, a terrible evil here. Uh, but we know one thing. Babies are special. Babies have to be protected. To impart this to our children is so, uh, so very important. And, 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 and it's, it's, it's such a blessed uh, thing to be able to do. And we in the clergy, of course, need to be helping and encouraging the parents to do just that.
0: Father, if I can add one more thing that you had a role in, the Roe versus Wade movie last summer, we kept playing it all through the summer. I'm convinced, Father, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I have no problem you correcting me, I believe that movie will move people in the center who really aren't quite sure about abortion, because that movie exposes the errors of what took place in Roe versus Wade. Am I onto something?
2: Yeah, well, it shows a lot of the behind-the-scenes yeah. uh, machinations that went right. on right. as the pro-abortion movement. Uh, we mentioned Nathanson before. Mm-hmm. The film features him and also people who were friends of ours decades ago, Mildred Jefferson yep. uh, in the pro-life movement, Father James McHugh, mm-hmm. who became Bishop McHugh. We knew all these people, and and uh, the film is is very very good. It shows how the justices gave in to certain pressures. You know, I was thinking, Terry, one of these days a movie's going to have to be made about this Dobbs case now. Oh, of course. Uh, with this, this unprecedented leak and, and all this stuff that's going on, yes. but there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, a lot of intimidation. The movie shows how some of those justices were, were affected by uh, relatives, yes. okay, who uh, were yeah. pressuring them a certain way, and also by a leak. There was a leak then, too. It wasn't a full opinion, yep. but it was a leak about how the justices had voted, and boy, were they angry about that, uh, because the court needs that confidentiality to function and reach its decisions, but yes, I think the movie. We were very happy to be a part of uh, of creating that together with Nick Loeb and his team. Um, but uh, it is going to open a lot of a lot of minds.
0: And how can people watch that movie? Because I don't really. Uh, how, if, yeah,
2: if you look up on online Roe v Wade movie, you'll okay. you'll, you'll, you'll see it. That's what
0: you, and I would encourage any of your brothers, sisters, relatives, friends, just have them over to say, "Well, let's look at the facts about Roe versus Wade by watching a movie." Because sometimes. I find people won't read books, or they won't even listen to a podcast. For for some yeah. reason, they'll watch a movie. There's a yeah. certain segment out there that movies seem to persuade them in their views.
2: So, yeah, exactly. You know, it's not it's not difficult. It's just sit back and watch. But the, yeah, Roe v. Wade movie, it's worth watching. And uh, uh, and you know, you know, here's an interesting fact about Roe v. Wade. I'm sure most people don't realize there was no factual record in the case. Wow. Let's ponder that for a moment. No factual record. In fact, (laughs) people are going to laugh at this. The justices who on the court, when they decided to hear Roe v. Wade in the first place, some of them had the wrong idea about what the case was about, and they thought they were hearing a jurisdictional argument about whether the federal government could get involved in state criminal proceedings. In other words, they didn't even realize that the case was going to be about the more substantive question of whether there's a constitutional right to abortion. So it got accepted on false premises. And that's why there was no factual record. In fact, when the justices started hearing the arguments, they said, are there any facts in this case? You know, Mm -hmm. what is, there was no trial. There was no, you know, documentation of facts. There was simply the affidavit of Norma McCorvey. And in the case of Sandra Cano, there was even less in the in the, uh, the companion case, it was a mess. It was a mess right from the start. And the attorneys representing Norma and Sandra, both of whom I knew very well while they yes. were alive, yes, lied. They lied to the court. I mean this whole thing was a mess from the beginning. It deserves to be cast onto the ash heap of history as the court is about to do.
0: Father, that little soundbite's going to go all over because I'm going to put that on social media right after the show. What you just said about Roe versus Wade, the world needs to know that. And again, uh, if you hadn't seen the movie, you need to go see it. Even if you're pro-life, it just affirms you in your pro-life position for that. I want to mention that Bishop Strickland is going to be on right when we when we finish, and um, you can't. You don't want to miss the Bishop Strickland Hour every week here. I know it's one week old, but I just spoke with him this morning. And Father Frank, you'll be glad to hear this. Bishop Strickland said, Terry, I am so fired up to talk about the pro-life movement right now. So a week from today, if you guys, our listeners, will listen to this. But I'd love to have a bishop tell me that he's fired up about his yes. Catholic faith, you know, that he wants to, I'm going to lay it all out. And thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity. Because I wish, and I'm just saying, I'll be honest with you, I wish we had more Bishop Strickland's running around because he inspires me. And there's an old saying, holy priest, holy people. And that where's yes. the church going? Where its leaders take them. And that's why, Father Frank, your leadership in the pro-life movement has been edifying for me as a layman. And again, I wish we had more Father Frank Pavones, and we will because God will bless us with the people we need to fight life issues. Father Frank, one more time, I want people to write a check today to Priest for Life. How can they financially support you?
2: Well, we have a special website called Pro Life Gift, prolifegift.org. It can support the work of Priests for Life. You want to see more fired up pro life priests? That's yep. what we're doing. We're yep. training them, yep. we're speaking to them, we're getting the message out there. So, prolifegift.org.
0: Thank you, Father Frank Pavone. And I got to tell people, Father Frank and I go way back his seminary days, and I think of how the providence of God has led us together in the ministry of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and the protection of the unborn babies all in one basket. And I just want to say thanks for being so faithful to uh, the gospel teachings, Father, never compromising. This is one, and I want to mention one more thing, Father. I want people to bring you to their parish, to their event. Go to Priest for Life. Say, I, how do I get Father Frank Pavone to speak at my parish or my event? I would love for you to be at my event later this month with 20,000 people at a football stadium. And you know what, Father? In my talk, I'm going to tell people, yes, encourage your priests also to join Priests for Life and be formed by Father. But I'm going to say that in the talk because the, the priest for Life is so important to the Holy Mother of the Church and defending life. So I just want to, again, publicly say, God love you and your, uh, your ministry to defend life.
2: Thank you so much. It's great to collaborate with you, and I look forward to coming to the local communities of all our viewers. Thanks
0: again. Father, if, you were, if Jesse was here, I'd say, Jess Romero, what state should we be living in? And Jesse would say, the state of grace, of course. Don't... Of grace. Yes, and how do we stay in that state of grace? By staying close to Jesus and the sacraments. And remember, go to confession. If it's been over a month, that's time to go to confession. Remember, you're, you we want you to be praying the rosary every day. And also remember what Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Let's pray for these pro-abortion people, for their conversion, that they will come to know the meaning and purpose of life and the sacredness of life. Keep that in your prayers because I'm going to tell you what we quoted Fulton Sheen earlier in the show about how... The cloisters are saving souls by their prayers. You can participate. And Our Lady said that at Fatima. So please consider praying the rosary. Consider making sacrifices for for the salvation of souls. And if you don't have Bishop Strickland's show on your radio station, go to vmpr.org, download the app. You can hear this show anywhere in the world and pass it on to your friends. That's how Virgin Most Powerful Radio Spreads, it's because of people like you may god richly bless you father how about a priestly blessing
2: yes may the lord bless you in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen
0: god love you and your family full sheen ahead here at virgin most powerful radio